What it is, what it is, what it is. Welcome, everyone, to the Brian Book Club. Man, I love doing these Brian Book Clubs. Why do I like doing them? Because I like to talk about something that brings me, two things that bring me much joy in life, and like I get to correlate them together and show you all how I have used it myself. What do I mean by that? Well, I get to take two things that I enjoy in life, the horror genre and role-playing, storytelling, games set in the world of darkness, and get to tell you about how I find you can take influence from them. Now, am I a horror expert? No. I don't think I'm a horror expert at all. Matter of fact, shout out to the homie Brendan Carrion. If you want to listen to someone who knows I feel a lot more about horror than I, who I've picked up a lot of like ideas on what to read, check out Full Metal RPG Podcast. Go by and give them a like. Check them out. Great group of guys there. But what are we going to be talking about today? Well, we're going to be talking about what I feel is perhaps one of the best short story collections of horror stories that is out there. Now, it's a tight race, and I'll talk about that probably as we go on. But what we're going to be talking about today is Clive Barker's Books of Blood. Now, in the early to mid-80s, Clive Barker kind of hit the horror scene just like rampant, like a hurricane, just like Hurricane Barker just hit the horror writing scene when at the time there's a lot of just like shitty horror that was coming out at the time and he gained attention rather quickly matter of fact one of my favorite authors of the time of the time and probably to this day which is kind of weird because a lot of people don't really like him too much but stephen king was blown away by clive barker and straight up said that clive barker was a better writer than him and was the future of horror now a lot of things happened since that time period but clive barker kind of fell off the horror map but these books of blood are insanely fucking good. Insanely good. Originally, they're written to be six of them, six individual short story collections that, that on average had like five, six, seven stories per each. In England, they were released as six. In America, the first three were released as, as books of blood, volume one, volume two, volume three. And then there was three other books written, which we're not going to really be talking about today or released, excuse me, called the Inhuman Condition. And I forgot what the other two were called. But, anyways. What we're going to be talking about today specifically is the Books of Blood, Volume 1, Volume 2, and Volume 3. And there's a lot of great stories in there that I feel that can be used. Now, one thing that I like about Clive Barker is Clive Barker finds a way to touch a nerve. And and, and, and one of the most creative ways that I've seen, and I I kid you not, the reason why this is one of my favorite short story collections, because I feel like he's able to accomplish in horror what a lot of writers that I have read have not been able to. I feel like by far that he is the most eeriest, creepiest writer ever that I've read, period, point blank. Now, you have some like Poppy Z. Bright, who some of their earlier work is kind of like edgelordish, where they purposely did just like stupid things in their stories that just just to get a reaction out of people. And then you have Stephen King, who, like I said, has very scary scenes, but Clyde Barker has this weird ability to like just pull back that layer of security that like our, I don't know, our, our, our belief systems have wrapped around us, our society has wrapped around us, and he's able just to like just pull that aside and pull that aside and pull that aside and get deep into the nerve of what we are as people. And, I, and, and I, I don't know how else to explain it. And that's part of the joy that reading this brings to me. And in return, the influences that I have taken away from this to apply to running games for the Twin Cities by Night podcast is, is because I want, to, I want to replicate that feeling that those stories bring out in me and bring it out in my players. I'm bringing out in the people who listen to Twin Cities by Night. Matter of fact, I named the third story arc of our Vampire the Masquerade Twin Cities by Night Chronicle Dread after a story that I read 
dread. In the early stages of formulation of, of that story arc, where I was still like in the brainstorming period before we even did our preludes we recorded, I read dread. And I remember the feeling that it brought out on me, just this eeriness of a man, a college student, just a guy who is finds joy and bringing out fear in people, but not in like a boo, scary mask, whatever fear, but just bringing out a fear in people to where it makes them scared and, and, and just goes against the core of who they are. For example, and not to spoil too much, but this man makes a vegetarian, gives her no option, other option, but to eat spoiled meat. And what he, and he does it in this weird way where basically he does it like he's helping them out, meaning like he'll push people to the boundaries, to the limits. And once they crack, then it's all good. And afterwards, he goes on with his life. And I'm not going to ruin how that story ends, but just that, that feeling that reading that story gave me right there really made me go, oh, that's what I want my players to feel in this game. You have stories like the Midnight Meat Train, which is kind of a classic. And, and unfortunately, Clive Barker has this curse where a lot of the stories that were made based off this collection or the movies that were made based off stories in this collection were just horribly done by Hollywood. Midnight Meat Train is one of them. But Midnight Meat Train could be really used, I feel, when I read that as a prime example of how you can handle the Sabat in New York City before New York City was taken over again by the Camarilla. You know, for those of you who don't know, in the 80s, New York City had this reputation of being a horrible, grimy, crime-infested place where poverty had stricken it so bad that it was almost like third-world conditions for a lot of people who were living in it. And Midnight Meat Train taps into that. Midnight Meat Train taps in that feeling where there is this subterranean area that is in New York City that's inhabited by the unimaginable. And there's one person who resides in the city whose sole duty intent is to feed him. And what he does is he, take, he takes advantage of the New York City subway system that used to be and so in, in, in our culture and the cultural zeitgeist of the 80s and the 90s was a symbol, a scar, a nasty, welted red scar of what New York City was. And that was a perfect representation where people went in there just for the purpose and no other purpose other than to travel and they risked their lives. And so that story really taps into that awesomely. The short story in the hills and the cities is another awesome story that shows another side of Clive Barker. Clive Barker in books such as I Magica and The Great and Secret Show and Everville really taps into this imaginative, colorful layer to where you have to push your boundaries of belief to be able to picture what he's trying to say. He almost, in my opinion, takes what Lovecraft tried and, and makes it work. And a lot of Lovecraft... Uh, fans and there's tons of them and and please don't don't attack me for this i i feel at times i understand what lovecraft was trying to say and a lot of his stories and that our finite minds cannot comprehend that comprehend the infinite what clive barker i feel is successful in at times is taking the infinite or taking something that human minds should not be able to comprehend and puts it in a poise to where we are able to ingest it and we are able to understand it. And that's what makes it scarier. In the hills, the cities, that short story, there's a very powerful scene at the end of that fucking short story that 
like you would never think that your mind could picture. And what he does is he makes you picture that. And that's a good thing, though, because when you look at a short story, like in the hills and the cities, you are and you read it and you really you really absorb it. You're able, I feel, as a storyteller to think of new and creative ways to describe things. That's what the art of storytelling, DMing, STing, I feel, is at time. That is the challenge. You know, you could easily say an ogre comes into the room, roll initiative. Or you can take the time to explain the sheer alienness of an ogre to a human fighter who has never seen anything other than a human before, right? I mean, if you're talking about World of Darkness games, right? These are horror games. I mean, you can, I mean, there's no right or wrong way to play them. I know, right? There isn't. If you want to play superheroes with fangs, to be honest with you, I don't care if you do. I mean, that's awesome. More power to you. If you and your friends are having fun and you're not hurting anyone, more power to you. I just know there's ways I prefer to play and run World of Darkness games. And I feel that a key part of making games scary is being able to describe the setting, to be able to articulate to all five senses what players are witnessing, and then let their imagination do the work. And I tell you what, folks, anyone who has read Clive Barker, who has yet to read Clive Barker and will, you will remember this. He lets your imagination do the work sometimes. He guides you there. He scares the shit out of you. But man, does he ever leave an impression on you? One final story that I'm going to talk about, which inspired, to, to, to be honest with you, was a story that really set in motion my idea for our Ghoul's Fatal Addiction servitude game was Jacqueline S. Her Will and Testament. I, I, I don't know how I can explain that how rereading that story really impacted me as a podcaster, as an actual play podcaster, and as a storyteller. I read this story, which is about a woman who is almost having like a midlife crisis of herself. And the story has it to where she becomes totally alien to who she is, but then switches to the perspective of a man who is obsessed with her, who wants to find her, and who goes to every corner, every dark corner of this world to try to find her. And it gives a perspective to the, to the almost rabid, fevered state that this man is in to do that. In my mind, when I read that story and I filtered it through the world of darkness filter, I automatically thought of a ghoul. Now, the story that I end up telling was not that story, but it was inspired. It was almost like a homage to this story, to be honest with you. It really was. Because I was like, oh, man, what would drive someone? What would drive a single man to go and find someone? And then to find out others were impacted too by this person. This person who at one time was a middle-class housewife who's fighting depression and then becomes this goddess of veneration in a way. And I'm not trying to be hyperbolic when I say this, but it brings forth those emotions that I think sometimes are glossed over in Vampire the Masquerade. I think sometimes in Vampire the Masquerade and games like that, we are more, we are more distracted by disciplines and, and levels and powers and generation and, and Camarilla and Sabat and Anarch or whatever the, the fad may be. And we forget the core of this fucking story of this game. The nucleus, and mind you, the, the nucleus of this game could be different for anyone. I've heard, I've heard the explanation. I've heard the explanation of people view it as a as a 
symbolism for sexuality and self-discovery. And that's perfectly fine. I've seen others who look at it like symbolism of drug addiction and what it brings out in people. I lean towards more of that, but there's no right or wrong. The book doesn't clearly state it. But I think sometimes we forget about the emotions that this game brings out and should bring out. And Jacqueline S., her will and testament does bring that out. Now, a good homie of mine from the Twin Cities by Night gang, Adam, a.k.a. plays in tons of our games, Rain Changing and Lost Vanity, is right now at this moment when I record this listening to or uh, the, listening to the audiobooks of Books of Blood. And it brings me much joy that he's doing that. And he's like just being blown away by it. Do this. Go, go, go read these books. And I, and I swear to God, it will up your game as a storyteller if you read them through that lens. Now, before I let you all go, I want to take a moment to ask a favor to all you listeners. Now, one of the biggest ways as a podcast that we can be discovered or we can have people give us a try is by reviews, reviews in iTunes, reviews and whatever app you may be listening to really help us out. And I don't want to come on here bagging, begging. We don't throw this in our intros. We don't say this often, but I want to say this in here. If you're still listening at this point, if you could take a moment to go and leave a review for us on iTunes or your preferred app or leave a review for us on our Facebook page or anything like that, it would be much appreciated. It only takes a couple minutes and it helps us out. It really does. It really helps us out. And I want to ask that of each and every one of you who are listening. And, and if you could do that, again, it would mean the world. If you agree with my observations on the Books of Blood, if you think I'm dead wrong, if you read the Books of Blood and you have your own insight after you listen to this, go ahead and hit me up. You can find us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM. We have a Discord at Twin Cities by Night. You can find us on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. We have multiple ways you can reach us. Until then, drink cold brew, listen to Black Sabbath, read Clive Barker, and your life will be much better. Peace out. Oh, hello again, folks. I'd like to tell you about the Facebook group we run called White Wolf and Onyx Path RPGs Gameplay and Media. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded? One that won't be drowned out by random posts and discussions so that your media could give the attention you deserve. The group is specifically run with the sole intent of being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. The group is already immense and continuing to rapidly grow. With new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there.